Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This week's Man of the Post Extra Time, the uh, Man Cad of Podcasts. I'm your host, Chris, and with me this week, I've got Scott. Wow, that's low. <laughs> you are such a rabbi, Ashwin. <laughs> rules are rules, mate. <sighs> Disrespectful. <laughs> None of that spirit of cricket bollocks on here. Wow. <laughs> how are you? I'm very well, how are you? Very well, thank you very much. And this is your first finish for about six weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks, twelve? Uh, all of those numbers, every yeah. one of them. Yeah. It's Jesse. I've missed you guys, and I've been promised um, a musical interlude. I think Scott's going to sing later. He's not I now going to oh, mention the man caddy went. No, that's fine. I, I sang a couple of weeks ago just for Chris only. Oh, <laughs> man. For my eyes only is the song went. <laughs> I, I'll, sing, I'll sing off pod if, if you guys want it. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> uh,. Right, this week we're going to talk about international games, we're going to be talking about other rule, um, uh, rules, I was thinking about the mancad again, other news. New rules. New rules. You've had a cricket lesson this week, haven't you, Jesse? On the yes. WhatsApp. Snapchat, WhatsApp. What's that chat? Did I say What's... Snapchat? You said Snapchat. <laughs> I could not, I cannot see you with Snapchat at all. I'm a all. grown man of 41, I've got no business yes. having, yeah. Snapchat. Yeah. That's a rule. I'll yeah. end up on those uh, sort of Peter Vile Vigilante videos, won't I, for Snapchat. Um, and we're going to talk about the return of the Premier League as well. So we'll start with, I mean, we're only going to be talking about sort of games that have happened probably sort of from Monday onwards, unless I've missed something obvious. So so, so not Scotland, San Marino, which was a shower of shit anyway. Well, I was going to mention Scotland because there was talk that um, Scotland, after their sort of, doctor of a week could be replacing Alex McLeish with Malky Mackay which in the uh, world of Scottish sectarianism in the sort of racism racism yeah, in the Scottish Football League is a banterous appointment isn't it <laughs> old firm facts will be having an absolute field day on Twitter <laughs> yeah. uh, go on then what do you make of um, Alex McLeish then going and, Ma- and maybe Malky Mackay oh god um, thankfully I did not watch a minute of the game last Thursday and thank god I didn't because it, it sounded like an absolute horror show um, they tried to do something that was so weird they went to Kazakhstan which was six hours ahead and they went on they tried to do things on English time oh, did they? so yeah they were like going to like 2.30 3.30 in the morning and then <laughs> getting up at like Two in the afternoon and go and then go into the game. Oh really? Um, yeah, it's, it's go to the stadium. It it sounded so weird. Sort just like um, trick jet lag. Yeah. Outweighed it. Yeah, trying to do, 
go over the jet lag. Um, Sunday's game was, oh my God, that's probably one of the worst 90 minutes of football I've seen in a while. And I watch Swindon on a weekly <laughs> basis and watch some absolute dross Serie A football from time to time. And sometimes watch some absolute dross in the Premier League. And it's so it was so bad. They did not look like scoring. They had 19 shots on goal and one 2 nil. Thanks to a late uh, Johnny Russell goal, who's now playing in the uh, MLS. Uh, I think it's for the Kansas City, Kansas City, and he's a just, wizard. Guy. He's a wizard, wizard, a wizard, and it, it was just so painful. Um, there was the Scotland players that didn't play in the game against Kazakhstan. I think few of the Celtic boys didn't get uh, didn't play because it was written into their contracts that they can't play on plastic pitches which is strange but if you were an international you pay you would want to pay uh, for your uh, your country in any in any game wouldn't you Uh, you would because there's 3g pitches in London isn't there yeah there's um, uh, Hamilton and I think there's one more I think it may be Livingston yeah so you would just you like Ali McCoy said something on um, BT Sport over here in the UK today before the, the Scottish game that they've got on this evening. He said he got he has one regret, which was not getting picked for the '98 World Cup. And then he went to Kilmarnock and then scored some goals and then got picked. And he said I would have played in any conditions anywhere to for my country. And you just feel that some of the players were just wouldn't do that now I think it may be a different generation I didn't uh, Andy Robertson played through some kind of pain barrier or something yeah he had an operation on Friday in America I think it was on his wisdom teeth or his gums mm. okay I'm not saying it's wrong but there are there have been a couple players because MLS um, has a lot of turf pitches and a number of the players who have come from Europe have written into their contracts that they won't play on turf. So there's been more of a car and, and the, um, the women's world cup. Um, there's been a conversation about how the women have really suffered playing, playing a lot on turf, but it, you know, it's, it's tougher on your, on your knees and on your feet. So I don't disagree. Um, but we've sort of had that, that conversation around here for the last couple of years that I know Didier Drogba and Zlatan never, they didn't even travel with their teams when they were playing on turf pitches. Well, look, that's the, um, that's the rubbish teams. Let's talk about England. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some proper teams. Jeez. What? First the mancard, then this. <laughs> hey, imagine if Hampton got a mancard. What on his test day? Yeah. <laughs> Sucks. Did he get a pair? I think he got a pair on his debut, yeah, against against South Africa, yeah. Oh, dick. Oh, Graham Gooch started with a pair, so. Yeah. There's always hope for him, yet. Uh, it's yeah. It's about cricket. cricket. Yes. If you get out for no runs in cricket, it's called a duck. If you get out for first ball in cricket, it's called a golden duck. <laughs> and if None you get... of that makes sense. Huh? None of that makes sense. <laughs> Well, you're a Bears fan. Come on, you should know all this. Love the Bears. Big, big Bears fan. Hampton, Hampton Bears. <laughs> Hampton. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's I, when Bears. they get their wickets, I 
jump for joy. <laughs> England then. Um, they played Montenegro and won 5-1. Uh, two things from this. They scored two goals. Oh, they scored 10 goals in two games. Secondly, they came from behind as well. Uh, in obviously very hostile stadium. So before we talk about the events off the pitch, um, I'll talk, we'll talk about events on it, shall we? This is quite a bit pleasing game for England, wasn't it? Well, I think that depends on... <laughs> yes, on and the, also... On the pitch. Yes. The, not uh, off yeah. the pitch. Not off the pitch. Yeah, yeah. On the pitch, definitely very pleasing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you're seeing um, the, the sort of... Ta- the goals and the talent come from a lot, a number of players, which is what you want. Hmm. They all seem so comfortable being there as well, don't they? I mean, Callum Hudson-Odoi is on his first trip out there. Jaden Sancho um, has been called up once or twice to England squad before, but they all look very comfortable in their skins there, don't they, Scott? Yeah, um, so that was uh, Hudson-Odoi's, was it first start of the, the season? He hasn't actually started a game for Chelsea at all. That's right. So, yeah, imagine starting for your country above your club. <laughs> That's a quite an honour. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about things off the pitch. We're in 29. Sadly, racism rears his ugly head again. And I thought it was very calm and very well-mannered interview by uh, Hudson Odoi afterwards. And he showed that he's a very mature man and very good, uh, a very good head on the others. Mm. Um, Ryan Sterling's coming through latterly in the last few months as uh, a social commentator, isn't he? He's very impressive. Yes, yeah, I think he's come on leaps and bounds. He's been getting horrendous dog's abuse off uh, a couple of papers in the last couple of years, and um, it's good to see him stick it to him and come out on the other side, and he's proven to be a good mentor to these young players. Yeah, I think that's what you've seen, is that this is a, this is a real team. You see their relationship mm. to each other, and I think that really it shows in the comfort level of those young players, but it's such a shame that Raheem Sterling has to sort of waste his talent and his time talk like first warning the younger players about this and defending himself it's like you said scott it's 2019 this is it's so past time for a decisive move to have been made what i would say is that it's been reading some of the repress this week um it's been a little bit uncomfortable because you fall into the old stereotypes of Balkan nations. Um, mm. They're forever sort of racially abusing black players. We've had it with England players in Serbia before, blah, blah, blah. But we've had um, several documented accounts this season, both in the Premier League and in Scotland as well, uh, within the United Kingdom. And, if, and in the women's game as well and in, in the, the last couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. And if we're going to solve this as a society, because it's not a, a football issue, it's a societal issue, we can't condemn... Montenegro as a place, some sort of racist backwater, because it's a place where we're going to have to fight together. That's a very sage point, wasn't it? It was. I was a bit yeah. shocked it, was kind of, it actually came from you. <laughs> I did nick it a little bit from somewhere else, but <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's right. It's, this isn't just, you know, you don't turn to the ground and become a racist. You're a mad racist before you walk in there, aren't you? And like yeah. if you're shouting at Raheem Sterling in Stamford Bridge, or whether you're shouting at Callum hudson Adoy in Montenegro so it's something we can't just we can't just throw them out of UEFA or throw them out of the Euros and be done with it not that that would happen but you know we have to work together with these people they're thinking of doing a partial closure 
of uh, of some stands in the uh, the national stadium in Montenegro for a couple of games, and probably a, a minimal fine, which they do in most leagues across Europe. I don't think that will do anything. I don't, because surely the races will just go in a different stand. Yeah, yeah, it, and it, it hasn't done anything. That's the. Th- I mean, it's what they've done for decades now. Ooh. It doesn't work in club football when you have it in. Have we seen this in Serie A, haven't we? Yeah, this season in Serie A, there's been a couple of cases. It was the uh, Kulibaly, wasn't it? yeah the Kaladu Kulabali incident over, oh, actually on Boxing Day, and he actually got sent off because he. Oh, he got sent off for a bad challenge. He, he then, before that, he was complaining to the referee, and the referee did nothing, and then booked him, and then he got. Oh, that was a bad. I've got a football game on in the background. Just seen someone get sent off. That was a bad challenge. What are you watching? <laughs> uh, Kievo Kyrie, Kyrie is three up. A Kievo player has just been sent off. Kyrie, um, the flying donkeys, Jesse. Yeah. How many wickets do they have, Scott? Uh, they're none for three. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, so um, cut, cut, yeah, there's a couple of instances in Italy. Um, there was actually, I think there was an incident in South America with a yes, Brazilian Bolivia. player, yeah. a, a Brazilian player playing it in uh, Bolivia. Was it Bolivia, yeah, where he just completely walked off the pitch, which I agree with. Yeah, I think there, you know, like Chris said, I, I don't think we can continue to sort of treat this as a sectarian issue or like a them issue it needs to be a widespread educational um campaign at this point and asking players to like make one video a year about kicking out racism is is just a at this point it's 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 offensive (laughs) i mean Mm. it's just so silly um and everybody needs to take a stand you know a really firm stand across the board yeah. It's like we had the incident in the um, the women's super league, didn't we, Chris? In the last couple of weeks, where uh, one of the players for Sheffield United race, uh, allegedly, I'm yes. going to put the words allegedly, uh, race the uh, blues. Was it a Tottenham player? Uh, I can't remember, but I remember the outcome from it all. Yeah, and she's actually now the the one who racially abused the, the allegedly racially abused the player is now actually retired from football and seeking. Other employment. Well, I must say when she denied using that, yeah. and she felt it was, I think her words were quote-unquote a kangaroo court, she felt she was proper legal, um, not really legal representation, but legal due process, I think mm. she said, which is why she's quit. Um, what else have we got with the, English, uh, with the British teams uh, across the Euro qualifications? So England are top on six points ahead of Bulgaria on two. Um, after two games, Group C, Northern Ireland, are on, Northern Ireland, six points. They are... Uh, three ahead of Germany who played one game and three ahead of the Netherlands Northern Ireland beat Belarus 2-1 on Sunday in the Republic of Ireland I heard about it I didn't catch any of it I know this is a protest against John Delaney who's now got a new role for John Delaney yes the John Delaney you're great have this job role yeah um, on, a, on a lower wage <laughs> he um, um, it wasn't quite sort of Charlton Athletic levels of throwing things on the pitch but there's still a fair few on there they were playing georgia um and i think it was connor here and there was a delay as he was about to take this free kick uh, and the balls all came on the pitch of about four minutes time they got them off he took his free kick and they scored so they are um two points ahead of switzerland who had a rather remarkable 3-3 draw with um denmark did you see this 
Yes, I saw the goals on Sky Sports News. Bit bit crazy. They also uh, we'll probably come on to this the Sweden Norway game mm. that they showed the goals back to back. Yeah, bit, a very good comeback. Yeah, did you see any of this, Jesse? I did not. No. So Scott, tell us about the Switzerland Denmark game. Um, I only saw the last goal, the equaliser. Was it? Uh, if memory serves, it Switzerland were three 0 up. Switzerland were three 0 up with oh, eighty four minutes gone. Yeah, it was about five minutes left, and then Kasper Schmeichel let one inexplicably under his arms or through his legs or something mm. like that. And then it got to three two a few minutes later, deep into stoppage time, three three, and it cut to Vladimir Petkovic, the uh, Swiss coach on the touchline, and he looked like he looked crestfallen. Mm. He looked like so- someone's left his, uh, looked like he left his stove on at home and didn't want uh-huh. to get back. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he knew the inevitable was coming, didn't he? Because the yes. ball was bobbling around in that. Um... That penalty over quite some time for the equaliser. He plays with Brentford, I think, doesn't he? The lad that scored the equaliser. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes, and as you were saying, uh, Sweden, Norway in Group F. Um, a bit crazy. That was a little bit bomb because I think well, Norway two went up in that and then losing three two and then they sent yes. their goalkeeper down the end of the pitch in the last minute who scored. Uh, he didn't score. But oh, he did some... score. Sorry, but someone no. did, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, and Sweden also missed the penalty. Um, Andreas Granqvist missed the penalty. And his defending for one of the goals was actually comically laughable. There was a clip going around. It was the second Norway goal. Um, and then the third Norway goal was probably one of the worst goalkeeping us, Robin Olsen, mm. in probably a couple confidence. of weeks. <laughs> it does feel your comments when they're playing Napoli at the weekend. <laughs> um, I think Granqvist had his penalty saved, I think, the follow-up was scored, wasn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I I, I've only seen the last couple of goals on the roundup. But he was—he was scoring penalties at World Cup last summer, wasn't he? He was—he was indeed. Yeah, and he was—and he kept out Italy in the uh, in the in the playoffs. That's he was one right. of the yeah. main players in that. That's right. Didn't he miss the Berton for? No, he, he jetted off for the birth of his son, and then he yeah. came back about a day later. That's right. Yes. That's right. I remember you told me off, Jesse, because I said it was a real impressive thing to do, and you said his wife had just had a baby. It's a bit more impressive. Dave? <laughs> <laughs> hey? so that does sound like me, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Okay, some of the other internationals then. So, uh, Argentina beat Morocco 1-0. Gonzalo Higuain has retired. He's scored 31 goals in 75 appearances. Um... A couple of quotes seen from him is, uh, it's to the joy of many people he's retired, he said, uh, and the people remember the misses, not the goals, um, is what he said. I mean, the first thing I tweeted on the Man on the Post account was sort of serial choker Higuain retires, um, and I saw one print, wow. um, and Goal.com had a headline which um, Higuain cost Messi a World Cup, which I thought was probably a bit unfair. And two Copper Americas. And two Copper Americas, okay, maybe not unfair. Um, I'm glad you're than I am because I WhatsApped my entire Uruguayan family, some of which are Argentinian, and I forgot they were in the WhatsApp group and wrote, I don't trust any Argentinians who retire. Let's wait until the World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, because Messi did this a couple of years ago. All of them did this, Scott Monroe. All of them. They all <laughs> retired. They all changed their minds. What replies did you get back from the WhatsApp group? Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say those words. Yeah, was it swearing in Spanish? It was a lot of that, yes, yes. And I did not know my aunt knew those words, but she does. 
Was there a particular word starting with a P and ending with an A, and a second word starting with a, the letter M and ending in, in an E? No, um, this one. Uh, I, t- I tell you, Chris, off air. Um, let's just say that it's very things that you compare to vaginas are very creative in Spanish. If one of these words isn't bastardo, then the fascia has really let me down. <laughs> no, but I will tell you that. Um, when my mother, a couple years ago, when my father and I were watching Barcelona, and my mother um, walked in and, and saw Suarez miss the goal and and say this or this phrase, but you know you don't they don't you don't hear the volume you just read the lips. So my mom said, "Why does his mother have a football field? <laughs> because it's not Cancha, Scott. It's not. <laughs> Try that. Did that work? Did I dance around it enough?" So it wasn't puta madre? It wasn't, no. no. I've no. seen enough narcos to know what you're on about. Thank you. <laughs> well, tell us about Luis Suarez and Uruguay. Tell Jared not to the last three minutes. Sorry again, sorry? Tell Jared not to listen to the last three minutes of this podcast. Well, I will, but, you know, any mention of narcos and Taliana Vargas. <laughs> um, tell us about Uruguay, then. They beat, they beat the mighty Thailand 4-0. Did they win a trophy or something? It's a China Cup, wasn't it? China Cup, yes. Yeah, thank you. Yes, they flew all the way to Asia, which, as everybody knows, um, you have a lot of jet lag, except if you're Scotland. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And um, Suarez and Cavani and Godin were all injured. So they were relying on on tiny baby players, and they won for nothing. Okay. I mean, are these players going to get a sniff of a chance when the elder statesmen come back, or or are these players the future of Uruguay? These are the future of Uruguay. I mean, Cavani re-injured himself. Chris, do not say anything. Mm-hmm. I see your eyebrows going up. <laughs> um, <laughs> what did he um, do? Uh, hamstring. Miss, was that um, while missing an open goal? Okay, both of you are just on my <laughs> PM list. Uh, <laughs> um, was he aiming to break his arm instead? I'm not at all. You know what? Bring Ryan back on. <laughs> if we could find him, we would. <laughs> Get him out of the basement. Um, <laughs> but these are players who have been playing together since the um, under-17 and have gotten some starts mm-hmm. with the national team. So I'm really excited to see... To see them gel and and you know start playing together well, um, did, and I know you guys are too. Thanks for sharing in my joy. Oh no, <laughs> always. Um, did a favorite of mine and probably a favorite of yours, Jesse Rodrigo Bentancourt play? Yeah, yeah, he did. He's yeah. a he's a very talented player. Star of Juve. No one else matters on that team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, and what else? Have we got? Oh, it's a Copa America this year, isn't there? Yeah, it's yeah. in Brazil. So how did you? And it, it's on British TV as well, on a channel you don't like. Premier Sports? Yes. But you could also watch it online. There's a lot going on in South America. So the under-17 the under 17 are playing now. Uh-huh. Um, I think we're in round of 16. Um, Uruguay beat Argentina. Thanks for asking. Um, and Copa America is coming up. So everybody's like flying around and playing all the time. Okay, I mean, I was going to mention Czech Republic lost to Brazil 3-1 and 
United States drew 1-1 with Chile. So after this round of international matches, how do you feel about the Copa America this year? Do you feel more confident? Or... I suppose it's hard to tell when they're all playing decent teams and you're playing Thailand and China. God, what did I do to Chris? No, I'm, well... I, mean that gen- I mean that genuinely. <laughs> no, it's the, the I type don't, of friendlies that... you've got in it. Yeah, no, I, I don't mean that right. in a no, mean way. Not... Yeah, I I sort of take nothing from this except that I'm glad that um, more players got playing time. Okay. I, I don't think it really showed us. It was a nice friendly. Okay. And do you feel anything about USA Chile? Christian Pulisic scored and got injured. Uh, uh, no. I mean, normally... I think the U.S. is shit, but I also always want Chile to lose, so this was a conflict for me. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting. As a, um, I'm a Swindon fan, and our keeper get, keeps getting called up to the Chile squad, and he's been stuck on the bench for like the last four internationals. So I'm waiting for him to make his debut. So he basically gets a holiday. I, I'm going to say I don't know why they keep call, calling up Bravo. Um, I think yeah. it's time to Because isn't it the Racing keeper, Arias, is the number one? Yeah, and, then, and Lawrence Vigaru, who used to be at Liverpool, is now at Swindon playing League Two football. Probably not for much longer because he's out of contract in the summer. Um, keeps getting called up, and he's been as the third choice. Mm. So he's like the backup, backup. Is, are there any three goalkeepers in Chile, or is he really actually quite good? He's no, actually he's really, actually quite good, but and strange South America, they usually choose three three keepers as like standard. Okay. Uh, and finally, the only other thing I wrote down was England lost uh, 2-1 in the last minute, the under-21s to Germany. Dominic Solanke had scored for England. Um, other bits and bits of news. Manchester United have got a new full-time manager, folks. Young man called Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, if you've heard of him. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. Uh, no one could have predicted this. Gentlemen. Yeah. He used to play for them back in the day and help them with a trophy or two. Um, he used to be manager of a club called Molder in Norway, and he was so good there that they decided to take him on full time. I who, am just stunned. Who was his previous club in, U, in the UK? Cardiff. Yeah, that didn't end well, did it? Do you know who doesn't come out of this very well at all? Virgil van Dijk. Do you know why? Yes, because Virgil van Dijk is living in Ollie's Solskjaer's house. Yes, and renting it. He's renting out and he has to move out in the summer. Yeah. Why? Can't they live together? Well, share, share tactics together? Yeah. Mr. Solskjaer's got a family that he would like to bring over. Uh, <laughs> does Virgil van Dijk have a family? He's got a girlfriend and a, or wife and a son, hasn't he? Damn yes. It. I've got a story to tell you off air about Virgil van Dijk and his exploits no. in Scotland. I, no. I only want to hear it if it's a good story. And a nice story, I which reinforces like it... my view of Virgil van Dijk. No, just it just um, it involves a well-known Scottish porn star. God, I need my what? I need well, somebody to shore up my that's my an oxymoron, isn't it? You can't <laughs> listen. Aside from a handful of men, some of whom are you people, others of you are not behaving well, and and I can't have my view of men take another hit it's not good for me I'm just flabbergasted by the thought of the Scottish porn star your, your thoughts will be a lot different when you when I tell you and uh, when you google it maybe he rescued her from drowning he was giving we don't the know. kiss of life <laughs> maybe he maybe maybe 
he did the Heimlich. Maybe he bought her a puppy. And then they both got carried away while he was giving her the Heimlich. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> no. Anyway, back uh, to this Norwegian fella. Are we both happy? I mean, I've heard a few things this week saying that it's a bit curious timing because they've lost their last two games. Um, it's not like he was going to go and clear off somewhere else. Um, no, sure. uh, so why why didn't they just wait till the end of the season? What if he goes on a terrible run now, between now and the end of the season? Well, they're going to get more than likely get knocked out of the Champions League against Barcelona. That's a free hit. Hmm. He's got he's got a bit of a rebuilding job to do because there's a, a plethora of players out of contracts, and he has to find which he wants. Sorry, which players he wants to stay. So he's got Under Herrera, Juan Mata, Antonio Valencia, and is it David de Gea? Mm. And uh, David de Gea really is getting. Um, Pulled hard in Spain. So I, I thought he'd signed a new contract. I, I think know. he's got. They took. Oh no! They took the year extension. They triggered that. Uh, okay. So I think he would like a new contract, maybe in the summer, with fresher terms and a higher wage. Is he still with the um, lady that I that wanted to move back to Spain all those years ago? I imagine so. That made him. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he is. Okay. Um. He must be a very happy Tottenham fan because both Real Madrid and Manchester United have appointed permanent managers, Jesse. And now, yeah, Man City, uh, Man United. So yeah. for now, my one Argentinian that I that I like, we're keeping him. Uh, were you worried you were going to lose him? I was. Yeah. I was a little bit, yeah. I, you know, I was worried also because there was talk about the national team and I never really understand... I'm sort of torn between totally understanding why somebody wants to manage their national team and not understanding it at all. Yeah. Um, you know, there's that, like, deep patriotic draw and the thrill of of tournaments, but also why would anybody want that job? Um, it's poison chalices, isn't it, the Argentine? Yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, but I know that he was being courted for that one, so... Um, now everything feels a little bit more settled. If you're the manager of Boca Juniors and you get it wrong, only one set of people hate you. If you're the manager of Argentina and get it wrong, everybody hates you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unless you're Maradona, in which case, like, you walk on water regardless of <laughs> what you do or who you yeah. do who you do with. Yeah. Um, does that extend to any modern players? So Mascarano, Tevez or Messi, if they became Argentina manager and failed, would they get a same free hit? That's a really interesting question, and I think, I don't think Tevez, after this recent run, coming back, could have that, but I, I think Mascherano would be the only sort of, not nearly in the same idolized, you know, national idolatry that Maradona has, mm-hmm. but I think in football terms, Mascherano is is sort of respected, and venerated like like not many other people are. Yeah, he bled for the, he bled for Argentina. As yeah, he did in World Cup twenty fourteen. Yeah, bum literally bled. <laughs> and, and I think that you know more than Messi, they see him as of the country, and that that you know goes for a lot. Okay, I was going to say, do you think Argentinian fans are annoyed with Messi saying that he does it all the time for Barcelona, but? Every time he puts on the Argentinian national team jersey, he sort of wanes. 
I don't think Messi can win in Argentina. And I I, I don't mean footballing-wise. I, I don't think that... I think that Messi lost the second he left for Barcelona. Mm. You know, they... <clears throat> If you speak to, like, I just remember this one conversation I had with a taxi driver years ago when Argentina were really looking to win. Like, they were in a, they were top of the table in qualifiers. Messi was on the ascendance, and he said, he's a traitor. He left us. I mean, and and you cannot argue the reasons why, you know, he left to get his growth hormones. He left to play in the best club in the world. They trained him, and he kept coming back. They do not see it like that. Um, and he, he doesn't win for them. And I think that no matter, and, and I, you know, that's a mental block. That's, that's the country not on your side. That's, that's the teammates that you have. That's whatever it is. That chip on your shoulder, that weight on your shoulder just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just, I was listening to you and just looking at someone who's, um, tweeted a photograph saying the Ramonas want this picture taken down because it shows the whole of London turning up to welcome uh, the arrival of March to leave. Uh, please don't retweet it um, but it's actually a picture of Liverpool parading in the Champions League in 2005. They used that picture. Right? <laughs> Trump, I don't know if you guys saw that Trump used that or his press secretary or something used that picture as his um, inaugural uh, as the audience for his inaugural address. Oh, it's really? clearly London. Well, this is clearly Lime Street in Liverpool. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, going back, sorry, going back to football. Um, what else we got? Sydney Jackson and his fell Penenka. Did we all see oh this? Oh my god, that's oh. a shocker. I felt very sorry for him. Ali was there, Ali was um, sort of sat on the sort of graph, uh, sort of the brick wall behind watching it. Um, Felpen Inca's people. Paisley. This is in Paisley, wasn't it? In, Paisley, in, Glasgow, yeah. yeah. Glasgow, so, yeah. This is for St. Mirren, wasn't it? feel yeah. so much more. Like, it, it just it just makes you feel better for all the successful Penencas that you've seen. Like, I just keep thinking of Abreu in the 2010 World Cup. Like, had that not gone in, everyone would have talked about it, but it did. And everything can go so badly wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I asked Justin about Penenkas and whether he felt aggrieved if someone did one against him. And he said the whole point of, of taking a penalty is to score. How you score it, if yeah. it's within the rules, is fine. Yeah. Penenka is perfectly fine. But poor Simeon Jackson was getting pelters off the commentators and in his own manager in the post-match interview oh. afterwards. They were saying he was trying to be clever and blah, blah, blah. But that's the whole point of a penalty. You're trying to outfox the opposition goalkeeper, mm-hmm. aren't right. you? Right, right. But when it comes off, it's absolutely amazing. But when it doesn't, you look like an absolute fool. It didn't even go off the ground. It <laughs> just <laughs> no, he hit it like it like he wanted to go straight down the middle. Do you remember? Don't, go on. don't do it when you're in a relegation battle as well. No, I don't know. Some of the most successful ones have come in tough, tough moments. I think because part of the element of it is is you know surprising or faking out your keeper but oh it was so painful I remember Leicester City in the playoffs once uh, against Cardiff and I, I can't remember it was yes. the year that Cardiff went up but yeah, yeah Jan Kummer Jan Kermigan he took a Penenka and the goalkeeper must have read it because he just stood in the middle of the goal and caught it Jesse <gasps> um, 
and Leicester Playoff. went out on penalties. Playoff semi-final. Yeah. Playoff semi-final, yeah. I remember it very well. I don't think, because he went to Charlton very soon afterwards, didn't he? I don't think he played for Leicester again. I'm not sure. No, he went to Charlton. Oh, he went to quite a few championship clubs. I'm just trying to think where he is now. I think he's still in the championship. In therapy, Scott. In therapy. <laughs> Probably. He wasn't a bad player, was he? he was no, okay. no. But when, as I said, when it when you do it and it goes wrong, it's horrible. Oh, he's just... in League Two in France, oh, League two. National France, playing for oh, okay. OC. Okay. Um, I was just going to say on Penenkas, have you seen Sergio Ramos's last few penalties have been Penenkas? I'm just a bit weary of goalkeepers in Spain have not yeah. cottoned on to it. So every time he tries to, when he does his stupid little run up, <laughs> just stay, stay rooted to your spot and don't move. The thing with goalkeepers, have... no, sir, go for it. No, sorry. I, I was only going to say the thing is with the goalkeeper expected to dive either left or right. So if they stay in the middle, expecting a shot down the middle, and the ball goes to the left or right, they look a bit yeah. tall as well, don't they? So yeah, you're just trying to outfox the penalty taker. Yeah, sorry, Jesse, you were saying. No, that's what I was going to say. That at some point they sort of have to make that choice, mm. and they just wait until the very, very, very last. And so I think with I have such an issue with those long run-ups or the stutter steps, too. I mean, that Neymar penalty gets me every time. I think it's <laughs> just barely flirting the rules. It's not as worse as Sazar's one in Euro 2016. But you, I mean, the rule says you can't stop, and he does everything yeah. but stop, set, stop, watch, look at it, wait, have a cup of tea, and then keep going. Like, that is, you, you can't, you can't rumba to the, to the, to the class, but it just gets more obnoxious every time and now everybody else does it and I'm I it would be so um like I'm I just want somebody to just walk up to it and knock it in. John so Aldridge was the master at that wasn't yeah, he Scott? He was. Uh, I was gonna say Beppe Signori with a one step run up. Yes. Yeah and also how uh, Jesse, how do you feel about Paul Bobber's run up? <sighs> I mean I love Paul Bobber. It's just it's not in the spirit of the rule of the penalty. And you could both argue because it's—I know it doesn't yeah. make sense to me to, like, you know. No, I agree. He's trying to. It's. Well, it must be about eighteen to twenty steps he, he right. takes in the short stutter run up, right. and he's trying to play mind games with the goalkeeper and. I think on only on one occasion he's actually missed, so it's pretty much a success rate for him. Is there a limit to how far your run-up has to be? So could you start in your own penalty area? and <laughs> You have to start in the box, but you also can't stop, so that stutter, oh. stutter, 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 stutter. Oh, okay, so you couldn't sort of start in the centre circle of your own penalty area and take one no. huge run-up. Yeah, and then absolutely blaze it into Rosette. <laughs> 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 You're going to see somebody coming down from the, you know, for end, like I got to climb those steps. Come on down. Well, Speaking of penalties, who saw? Sorry, gone. I was going to say it was, or you could do it how they used to do penalties in the MLS back in the early nineties mm. from the halfway it. line. Yeah. <laughs> Who saw the Galatasaray under fourteen captain take a penalty this week? Yes, that's very, very good sportsmanship. Jesse, have you seen this? Oh, what happened? Go on, Scott. You talk us through. It. Um, so he is, he's the captain of the under 14 side, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So, um, they're playing in a youth game. He went down, uh, the female referee gave a penalty and on replay, it, it wasn't a penalty. Um, and then he decided to kick it wide. 
Wow. And it's got a lot of praise worldwide. Including from his own manager, which is good to see. Yeah, and own managers, uh, teammates, uh, the opponents, and a lot of a lot of uh, press worldwide. Okay, I have a snarky pants question. Does it matter that it was a female referee? No, no, no. That's no. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, okay. That takes that... some absolute balls to do because you're your own yeah. fourteen player. It's not like you're yeah. sort of Lionel Messi and you're established in in the team or something. You're a young lad trying to make your trying to sort of yeah. start a career. Um, a big Turkey, one of the biggest clubs in Turkey, and oh. something like that makes you stick your head above the parapet and could go either way. His coach could have said, "What do you do that for? I'm never picking you again." Or it could have gone the way it's gone. That's a very brave thing for him to do. Yeah. Didn't somebody admit that they that they didn't go down, or that it shouldn't have been a penalty and they take they took it? Didn't that happen like ten years? Robbie Fowler, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like how it's indebted into your brain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was, a it, 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 it was it was a, it's a hybrid. It was a, a Monday hybrid night game because it happened around the time that um, I think the week before in the Merseyside derby and Robbie Fowler had scored and he'd celebrated in front of the Everton fans by sniffing the touchline in a sort of uh, white line yeah. gesture. And <laughs> then he got castigated for that. And he then um, the ball was played through to him and he sort of jumped over David Seaman and said to the referee it wasn't a penalty the referee gave it anyway he missed but then Jason McAteer knocked McAteer in scored, the rebound yeah. that was around the same time he scored and celebrated by lifting up his t-shirt with the um, support the Dockers t-shirt underneath um, I don't know if you remember that Scott or not yeah was this the same season with the Graham Lasso incident as I well think he was, yeah he had a bit of a season that year didn't he yeah <laughs> yeah um, okay, what else? Harry Kane wants to play in the NFL. I have so many feelings. Um, I don't understand. I'm confused. I don't understand. Maybe because I've never seen an American football game my whole wide life. I uh, don't. Why? Do you watch Where? American football, Scott? Who? No, it, no. I've got a couple of mates who I've been actually been to the states to watch wrestling with. They enjoy it, and then a couple of people at work watch it. We I, need sort of yeah. Adam or Ross on this because as far Ross, as I can tell, yeah. yeah, far as I can tell, and I'm ready to be shot down on the WhatsApp group. He wants to be a kicker, which basically means you kick a ball. That's, that's his job right now. Well, this, yeah, but you, you're he's kicking he's a kicker. the you're, yeah, exactly. So you're kicking the ball over a post. Um, Doesn't he just do that in practice? Can somebody not just let him do? I mean, I'm sure Pochettino will let him kick a ball at things i'm sure it's hard but he's just kicking a ball over a post but you know so instead of kicking it into the net he wants to kick it over the net yeah a bit like gaelic football maybe i mean why i'm not sure new hobby um different challenge he, yes he what said he wants to be the best in the world he's got apparently he's a big american football fan he's got two dogs isn't he named after american footballers um and he went Tom Brady and something Russell, I think he's called them. Jack? No, I don't think he's Jack Russell. He's not, a, he's not a cricket fan as well. I think Jack was <laughs> type of dog. Um, yeah, so he said he wants to be in the best in the world at, at everything. I am reading a mixer at the moment and by... Um, be a swimmer or like a rugby player for my new favourite sport or curling. Why isn't he curling? He probably does every morning when he wakes up. <laughs> Is that 
that's that's a joke for him because Hurricane's got a speech impediment and Chris is being mean about it. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wasn't mentioning that at all. Oh, okay. Kelly, Kelly, I, I was talking about his ablutions. <laughs> um, just to, yes. Uh, I think about... I'm glad I understand that one. Sorry. I think I'm glad I didn't understand You're that one. Too much one. of a lady not to understand that one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm reading the mixer by Michael Cox and talking about how Chelsea decided on free kick takers back in the sort of mid nineties. They stuck a sock underneath the crossbar. Um, and Gianfranco Zola and Dennis Wise had a contest as to who could hit this sock uh, while take, by sort of taking a free kick. Um, anyone want to hazard a guess the score? Probably Zola, 35-1. Yeah, it was 10-1 to Gianfranco <laughs> Zola. So that's how they decided who took the penalties, the free kicks from then on. So. Zola was a genius at the, uh, set pieces. <laughs> exactly. Uh any other bits of news? It's the Coupe de France or Coupe de la Ligue this weekend. Uh, Strasbourg versus Wingon. Um Have you forgotten the other hurricane news we were going to talk you, about? Scott. Oh, his MBE. His MBE. Well, if you believe in uh, monarchy, you can talk about it. I'll sit here and. I will let Jesse talk. I will let Jesse talk about it. She's Scott, the... You're obviously my favorite one. So thanks. <laughs> She's the Spurs fan and the group. In the rules of British football, as I'm sure you both know. Harry Kane is now the King of England. He was knighted, he gets a crown and a throne, and he gets to take all of his free kicks from the throne. These are the rules. I did not make them up. I'm sorry, but that's what happened this past weekend. <laughs> so and Chris, I keep a scepter. Right, there was a scepter involved. So Chris, you know the 2005 Ashes all got that as well. Paul Collingwood got him for one test match and he got 12 runs. So if Paul Collingwood can get an MBE for his services to the England Ashes team, Harry Kane has got one for his services to football already. Superb piece of sledging by Shane Warne to Paul Collingwood in the following Ashes series. They must have missed some 12 runs. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys needed to choose, come on, from the entire national team. Yeah. Who would you give it to? Raheem um, Sterling. And then Does the, he not have one? I would give any Raheem, Raheem Sterling doesn't have one? No. No. He should get a scepter. <laughs> How do we start a petition? I'll start a petition to the Queen. The petition's been in the news a lot this week, so you can get a little bit, sort of... There's, a, there's quite a big one going around this country at the moment. <laughs> well, that the website crashed twice. Address, <laughs> and I will write to her about giving Raheem Sterling a crown. Okay. You do that. We'll talk about with Gordon Taylor well, instead, shall we, Scott? Uh, I, I, for once, I'm actually siding with Chris Sutton over this. I'm going to like Chris Sutton more and more the last few months. If you listen yeah. to the Monday Night Club, he's brilliant. He's brilliant, yeah. Because um, Chris Sutton's dad has gone through some problems. Um, is it dementia? He's been saying his dad yep. has been suffering. And, and Gordon Taylor and the PFA has, have not done their best to help him out and to help out footballers who have been suffering in the past with with some problems and it's come to light now that is it 30 30 plus years of service that gordon taylor's had and it looks like he's coming to a, a very sour and damp end are you aware of gordon taylor jesse no but this all sounds terrible and sad what happened he's the head of the players trade union in this country and has been for the last 38 years. He's the highest paid shop steward in 
the world, maybe definitely in the United Kingdom, mm. on two and a half million pounds a year. And he's basically presided over this unchallenged um, for the last 38 years as well. So like Scott saying, so this guy's handsomely paid himself, yet the, the PFA have failed to invest anything significant in uh, looking after players post-retirement, both in what they do after retirement, in what they do for their next career, and also uh, in their health. So a lot of players in this country, there's one particularly by the name of Jeff Astle. Um, sadly no longer with us. Sadly no longer with us, because he died through uh, early early dementia and it's been attributed to, to heading footballs when he was playing and a similar thing supposedly to Chris Sutton or allegedly to Chris Sutton's dad as well. So the, the, the talk here or the, the sort of accusation here is that he spends, Cortez spends far too much time feathering his own nest rather than looking after those people he's supposed to be looking after. He's also said he's come out, he said he's also made mistakes. Which is fair enough because everybody does make yeah. mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. I think Jamie Lawrence, do you remember Jamie Lawrence? He used to play for yes. Bradford. Leicester he's City legend. Le- Leicester City. I think he's also come out in and attacked Gordon Taylor as well in the PFA because he was struggling after football. Okay. Uh, most footballers, um, have, I think, struggle to come to terms with um, with the retirement of football and some get hit hard and some find jobs quite easily after football maybe staying in the game, maybe with ventures out, and I think the PFA and Gordon Taylor hasn't done their best to help them out. Well, can I just say that also after, did you guys see what happened to David Ospina? Yes. 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 So, and, ooh, who's the Danish friend of Simon, is Simon Kiar, is it? Yeah, and, you know, I had been keeping sort of this unofficial running tab of uh, um just random games that I was watching, which is like across leagues, you know, um, the Premier League and La Liga and MLS and some a whole bunch of South American leagues, and none of them follow concussion protocol. None of them. I mean, there was one Barca game where um, it was like head injury on head injury. PK went down so hard, gashed his head. They took him out, cleaned him up, sent him right back in, and he went down a couple minutes later. And it's concussion protocol... I think every league has one. So if you have it, follow it. Um, and if you, if you're, it's just, it's upsetting how regularly we see players get cracked in the head and whether they themselves ask to stay on, um, you know, Abel Hernandez in the 2010 World Cup um, got hit so hard, blacked out for a couple of seconds, and he asked to stay on. And so they let him stay on. And since then, he's talked about how stupid that was and how he should not have been allowed to stay on, that he's had these crushing headaches, um, memory lapses. He was 24 years old, and um, he has concussion syndrome. And I think that it's like it's, it's a huge problem that um, we don't yet know how many players are going to suffer from this. We were talking about this the other week, weren't we, Chris? Uh, we talk about it quite a lot, unfortunately, don't we? Yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about because it happened um, before the David Espina incident, because that was quite hot, that was quite sad that and was harrowing. Yeah, yeah, he looked, he went down very badly, and we were talking about Christoph Kramer in the World Cup of 2014 in the final, and also um, the previous previous week, a couple of weeks ago, sorry, um, Anthony Lopez took a, a whack in the head against Barcelona. Yeah. And, it, and he did not want to go off, but his club doctor 
told him to go off and he was in tears and we were also talking about um in cricket now i know we've we talked to cricket a, a lot recently um there's an australian cr- cricketer called will pokowski he's um maybe tipped to play for australia in the future he's had three concussion injuries in the past six months playing for his um his county side in australia and that's a bit worrying for a young a young sportsman and they have concussion protocol and just feeling football now in the last couple of years that's gone completely out the window yeah it's going to take something of um phil hughes Fab- yeah or fabrice moamba proportions yeah for yes. it to happen and for it to happen live in a premier league game on a pitch laid bare on, in front yeah. of millions and millions of people for something to happen um, there's uh, Laura used to be of this parish. Hopefully, still will be some point. Um, used to do, run a Twitter account because football's fallen about players who died actually while playing the pitch, while playing on the pitch. It's not too great a leap to think that we could be adding another person to that list at some point, um, which is unfortunate. Should we talk about something else a bit more lighter? <laughs> yeah, take us take us somewhere good. Thanks, God. We'll take you to Spain. How does that sound? <laughs> Uh, domestic leagues are back this weekend. So Barcelona are top on 66 points, 10 points ahead of Atletico Madrid, who are two points ahead of Real, and um, they're a bit further ahead of Getafe. So this weekend is Alaves uh, in fifth place uh, versus uh, Atletico Madrid, Seville versus Valencia, which will be a good one for uh, whatever 11 sports have got left. Uh, and it's the Barcelona derby as they take on Espanyol. Uh, in Italy, Juventus are gone. Um, Napoli on... <laughs> Napoli it's on... true, it's <laughs> true. That's where they go. Even though they lost before the winter break to Genoa, which was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, Napoli on 60 points, Inter 53, AC Milan 51, uh, and then Europa League places is uh, Roma and Lazio. So this weekend is Inter versus Lazio and Roma versus Napoli. They'll be two little humble games very, for you, won't they? Yeah, two very good games to end the week on on Sunday. There's also a midweek round of action, So you got and the following weekend. So you've got three rounds of action in a week oh, good okay uh, Germany, Bayern and Dortmund are both on top on 60 then along with behind uh, Red Bull Leipzig on 49 and Gladbach on 47 so Dortmund take on Wolfsburg uh, and Freiburg take on Bayern Munich in France um, PSG again are gone uh, 20 points ahead of Lille on 57 points then Lyon 53 Marseille 47 so you go ahead and play Lyon and Marseille play Angers um, right it gets a bit interesting elsewhere in the world Um Argentina have got two rounds left of their domestic league. Uh, Racing are four points clear of Defensi e Justice. Is that right? Jesse? Yes. Yeah, that's right. It's not, but it's, that's it's very French. Defen- and now that's how we're going to call it. Defensi e Justicia. Justicia. Well, they play uh, Union or Guignon. Uh, Union. Tigre play Racing. I can't. Oh. It's like. You Why are you saying it in French? I am, aren't I? It's Pepe Le Pew and Speedy Gonzalez had a baby. And that's who is pronouncing all All right, these. let me try to get can, my Speedy Gonzalez voice. Can <laughs> you, um, who are Cologne playing? Eh, defensive Justia playing Union. Tigre playing the Racing. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, that was better, Don't wasn't I... it? No, it's... <laughs> it's worse than your Scottish impression. <laughs> Ooh, could you do? Could you pronounce those in your Scottish voice? Is what? Sorry, your could Scottish you... voice. Yeah. Well, I can do it in a minute because the Rangers are playing Celtic at the weekend. 
Uh, and what else have we got? We've got uh, in Holland, it's first versus second as PSV take on Ajax. PSV top by five points uh, against Ajax is 62 points. And then it's the MLS. Is Vancouver versus Seattle a derby, Jesse? Yes, <laughs> that was that was excellent. Right, I am not doing an Israeli, Iranian, or Egyptian accent for fear of <laughs> being labelled a huge racist. So, what have we got this weekend <laughs> elsewhere? Um, Rangers Celtic in got, Scotland. We've got Rangers Celtic. Israel are playing... Uh, Israel, in Israel, it's Beitar versus Benin Sahin. Um, we've talked oh. here... Yeah, we talked here about the fun that goes on in that game, haven't we? That's just going to be a big racist <laughs> show. Keep your eyes, folks. Uh, well, I, I'll give you the, sort of this at the end, but uh, there's a BBC4 documentary that's good about uh, this thing. So Beitar are yeah. famously the right-wing Jewish um, team, and Bnei Sakhin are the only uh, Arab team in the Israeli top flight. Um, also, we've got Persepolis versus Estchel in the in Iran, which is the Iranian derby. Um, Persepolis are topped by two points. Uh, Persepolis got 43, Estchel got 43, uh, sorry, Persepolis got 45, Estegala got 43. They played 22 games. Uh, and in Egypt, it's Al-Akhli versus Zamalek, so the Cairo derby. Um, Zamalek are top on 53 points, two points ahead of Akhli, um, who are on 51 points. Now, these games are usually renowned for their TIFO and their fans and um, and the sort of flares and everything else. Do you know how many people are going to be at this Cairo derby? Zero. More than that. Oh, I actually, sorry. I was going to thought it was going to be said, oh, it's going to be a trick question. It's going to be play behind closed doors. <laughs> no. Uh, 100,000. No, between. Shall I tell you? Because we could be here a while. you number between zero and 100,000? How much time do you guys have? Yeah, shall I tell you? 30. A lot. There are 15 okay. fans from each side going. I would suggest, listeners, um, to keep your eyes and ears on Babagol, um, at Babagol on Twitter. Do either of you two follow him? Yes. We- I don't, but you've talked him up so much. I will probably give him a follow after this podcast. Give him a follow. Um, they're on Facebook as well. They are amazing. And if you ask them nicely, they'll send you. Have they got your stickers yet, Jesse? No, I don't think I've asked nicely, actually. No, if you ask them nicely, they'll send you some free stickers in the post. They're, fan- they're brilliant. And what they want you to do with your free stickers when you get them is to stick them somewhere near where you live, take a photo and send them to them. Okay, Scott, okay? Yeah, I've got it. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Is that supposed to be your New York Jewish accent? Hey, Chris? do it. Yeah, bada bing, bada bang. <laughs> um, okay, yes, so keep an eye on Babagot. They're very good. They are football in the Middle East and the developing world and Latin America and everywhere. So they're, they're incredibly good to follow. Um, I talked to, you following them earlier on today, and I was watching sort of clips and highlights from the, uh, the Riyadh derby in Saudi Arabia. So they are they're really, really good fun to follow. Um, right, big closer to home. The Premier League is back. Well, hey. Well, hey, Sunday, Jesse. Chris. Uh, I've got to give you a stink eye for an hour and three quarters as you go and beat oh. us. It is not- Liverpool oh, versus Chris. Spurs in the Paul Walsh derby. Just be kind to me, OK? Because I know it's going to be bad. Yes. Well, I think it's going to be bad for us, not bad for you. Oh, come on. Chris. Christopher. Yes. That is incorrect. <laughs> it will be. I'm a huge pessimist anyway, so... I know, and you, you know are what? indeed. I'm gonna, I, if you don't say it, I'm going to make Scott say it for you. I'm definitely not going to say it. I have fine. said it before, though, on this pod, and you never have. Stick your chest out. And Jesse, Thanks. stick your chest out. Let's see. No, this is not going to be fine. This is going to be worse than whatever happened with Virgil van Dyke. <laughs> 
I'm not saying it. Um, is this the last big hurdle for Liverpool? They got Chelsea at home after this. Chelsea are very sort of meh on the road this season. Spurs have got one win in five though. Um, Liverpool haven't lost at home to Spurs since 2011, and Sadio Mane has got nine goals in 2019 at various distances from the shoreline. Has he got 11 in 11 in Premier League? I was talking. Sorry. Yes. Um, Jesse, you got to win again at some point. Yeah, I don't know when that point's going to be, but it's not going to be against Liverpool. It's just not. Um, um, uh, the, the point about, is this the last big hurdle for Liverpool other than Chelsea? Most of the other teams are outside the top six, aren't they, that they have to play? Yeah, but I think you guys do well against the top six. Yeah. And, yeah. And I agree. I don't think Chelsea's going to be the issue. I think that the last couple weeks... I think it's more going to be a, a mental stamina thing than anybody else coming at you. Okay. Scott? I think Liverpool might have an eye on the Champions League as well with your favourable quarterfinal draw. Really? Yeah, Porto. But I would say Spurs' record at Anfield in the last few years is not the greatest and they had the was the game last year when it ended up two two with the Harry Kane. Oh yes, you don't the, give me two chances. Yes, the the, the debatable Eric Lamella penalty, which Virgil Van Dijk gave away. Yeah, um, I can see I can see Liverpool just shading it. Okay, I hope, but <laughs> you're, <any. laughs> you're pessimistic. It's like yeah. oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, watch until fifteen minutes in when they're up five nothing. <laughs> yeah, like starts... you do to Arsenal every season. <laughs> yeah, we always let them back into it, don't we? Um, right, sort of relegation clashes from now to for a few more fixtures we're going to talk about. Brighton versus Southampton. Um, Brighton have won their last two. Saints are looking for the third win in four. So both these teams got a bit of form going into it. Um, what I would say, though, is all three of these Premier League meetings, they have previously been draws. And Glenn Murray, not Andy, as I was going to say, Glenn Murray, um, zero goals in seven at home. That could come back and bite them in a bum a bit, couldn't it, either of you? Didn't he score two against Crystal Palace just before the international break? He did. I mean, they were at Sohurst Park. I mean, don't yes. think that makes much difference, does it? No, no. No. He's the main outsource of goals, and when your main outsource of goals is not scoring at home, mm. he has scored away and won the game for them against Crystal Palace. You start to worry about them. They got that and Andonin, the Romanian fellow, I can't remember. His name. Yeah, Florian and oh, Andone. Andone, Andone that's it. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. he's done very well, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's not a bad backup. He's he's got. Um, a reputation in Spain as, as a good as a good striker. Hmm. Um, I, I was hoping a bit more from Yakin Bash. I hope I pronounced that very well. The Iranian well. fellow. The Iranian yeah. fellow who tore up at AZ Alkmaar last season. Um, Daily Popper's always, a, a, I was going to say he's a very proper player, but that was just a very bad pun. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a very good player. Um, but Southampton under... Ralph Hasenhutl. Hasenhutl. Come on, I've been doing accents. You say it in your best German accent. Ralph Hasenhutl. Okay. <laughs> you can either go two ways with that. You can either go sort of German commandant prison guard or you can go sort of uh, camp porn star, can't you? <laughs> Hasenhutl. I, I sound like Rainier Wolfcastle now. <laughs> 
But um, Southampton before the international break uh, got picked up some good, good, uh, good wins. Um, they beat Spurs. Sorry to what bring that. Up. Oh, they Sorry did, to bring... didn't they? Yes. Jump that, Sorry. Jesse. Uh, do I have to? <laughs> no, but we can remind you. <laughs> Go on, sorry. But I can't see any of these two teams being dragged into that relegation battle. Can you? Um, no, I uh, no, I can't. Not these two teams. Uh, Jesse, thirty-two percent of all Southampton's Premier League goals this season come from outside the area. They must be fun to watch. Have they come from near the coast? They play near the coast. Yes, Southampton is uh, <laughs> very sea-faring. coastal. Yeah, yeah, very coastal. <laughs> Um, yeah, I have a soft spot for Brighton, so okay, I'm, I'm going. Say, my neighbour's a Brighton fan. Um, he didn't give me any stick when Brighton beat Swindon in the playoffs semi-final back in 2004. <laughs> my book nice people. My book publisher is a Brighton fan. He's a lovely, lovely man. I won't hear a word yeah. said against them at all. No. That's what I mean. I'm just telling you, Brighton fans are nice people. <laughs> um, Crystal Palace versus Huddersfield. Right, if Burnley and Southampton win, Huddersfield are down. Um, really? This, that yeah, early? This early, yeah. It doesn't seem to be it's April after the weekend, doesn't it? It's not massively yeah. early, is it? Yeah, how many games are left after seven, maybe eight, uh, eight, yeah. eight, 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 nine at a push? That's a very early relegation. Here's a stat I took earlier on. Uh, Luka Milivojevic has scored 45% of Palace's home goals this season. He scored five out of their 11 home goals. And he's the only Palace player to score more than one goal at Selhurst Park this season. That's Gee. quite a damning stat, isn't it? When you think yeah. of like Wilfried Zaha and Andros Townsend and that look. I mean, they haven't, they've hardly been playing with a striker all season because Benteke has been injured and they've, then they have to field Zaha up front as well. Yeah, and I imagine most of those goals are penalties or free kicks. Yes, I was going to say penalties because he's one of the best penalty takers in the Premier League. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, having said that, Palace win, I think. Yeah, Huddersfield. Um, I know Ross is going to love us because he hates Huddersfield with a passion. Jesse Has... doesn't, do you? <laughs> yeah, I just love their number one fan. Patrick Stewart. Who Ross yeah. says never used to go. I know, but I can't believe that. I mean, he's a close family friend of yours, Chris. Of course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you want they're, to they're, they're doing a building job for next season, aren't they? So they're, they're saving face for the championship. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, Burnley versus Wolves. Burnley are the other team, I think, that can get... Obviously, yes. I mean, you know, they're only fourth bottom. It's yeah. not a massive leap in the dark to say. Um, no. And they've lost their last four. Although Wolves have got zero clean sheets in 11 away games. Jesse, how do you reckon this one's going to crack on? Ooh. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very, oh. Yeah. I mean, I've either said now... exactly the right words or you just had a heart attack. No, now, now's the point in the season where I start feeling so bad for teams but there's just it, there doesn't seem to be a way out mm. um and like I don't think there's a way out for Huddersfield and I feel like with Wolves that Wolves are in seventh but, no uh... in this sorry this game this game give me a moment um I, I mean I think right they're, they're just gonna they're gonna win, yeah. But you want to be able. To, you want to see it the other way. Like you want to give everybody a chance. But at this point in the year, 
There just isn't anymore. Now I'm quite up for Cardiff staying up, and Sean Dyche is starting to bore me with all his moaning about foreign players and diving and everything. Sure, yeah, no. that would be an absolute mill of Cardiff stay up with what's gone on and the, the type of squad that Warnock's got. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Cardiff, we've got their next up there at home to Chelsea. Chelsea, oh, sorry, Cardiff. So Chelsea's zero wins in three. Cardiff beat uh, West Ham last time, right, didn't they, before the international break? Cardiff have got 20 out of 28 points at home. That's 70%. That, that's second only to, to Fulham. Um, so they really need to sort of maintain that home form, don't they? But Gonzalo Higuain has got three Premier League goals and all of them have been against teams in the bottom three. Yeah, now he can just give all his attention to Chelsea <laughs> until he decides to rescind his... Uh... Loan deal. No, his his retirement. Um, this is just a gift for Chelsea. If they don't win, I you know, they need a team psychologist and a smack on the collective head. Chris, could this be the South African Chelsea <laughs> batsman nineteen ninety nine World Cup semi final against Australia? What, if Chelsea, uh, no, for oh, Chelsea. Chelsea trying to get the top four. Yeah. I could, um, it's not. I mean, Cardiff haven't got Sol Bamba for the rest of the season. Have no, they? no, he's he's Crucius. Yeah, it's a big loss. And Sam Patterson isn't doing. Is it Sam Patterson? I can't uh, sure. Oh, he he got injured for playing for Scotland. Uh, yeah, and he's not been scoring lately, has he? So uh, they need to sort of step up a bit there. I can see Chelsea getting a point, but I really would like Cardiff to stay up. And I think so, that they, I think I think by the sheer will of Warnock's sort of personality, I think they got a, they got a chance. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a while. You've been on the Warnock bandwagon for a good five or six months, saying that he's, he can get the best out of his players, and it's proven it. They absolutely walloped West Ham, and they've done Bournemouth at home. As you said, they've picked up quite a lot of points at home, and they're just thinking that's where they can stay up is win win your home games and maybe nick something away from home and this is the prime example against a Chelsea team who some of the players look to be playing for their manager mm. um Sari's tactics are very one-dimensional for the Premier League it seems like it's worked well for him for Napoli um Jorginho I know he gets his critics but he's a he's a very good player but I don't think he's suited for the Premier League um I, my heart says I can see Cardiff picking up a massive result and it could be the final nail in Sari's coffin for the season oh okay Um, that was a a very element of surprise for you wasn't there it was wasn't it and I was trying to think what else are they in but they're in the Europa League still yeah in the Europa League and they've got Sparta they've got no Slavia Slavia Prague Arsenal versus Newcastle Um, Newcastle are safe aren't they yeah, a bit yeah. pissed off with Sky to stick this off on a Monday night. What? Yeah, travelling Newcastle fans have been fudged again by Sky. They get shafted a fair bit. I remember them being they on do. Bournemouth at a 12 Bournemouth, 12 15 kickoff on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's vile. That's not fun at all. Okay, Fulham versus Manchester City. Fulham are looking to avoid their eighth straight loss. Silly City looking for their seventh straight win. Are Fulham going to do Liverpool a favour, yes or no? No, nope. <laughs> <Did you> have- <laughs> big fat zero. 
Leicester versus Bournemouth. This has got a sort of end of term feel about it, hasn't it? Both teams are safe. Neither got anything to play for. Um, the weather looks nice this weekend. It's going to be a lovely, lovely day, isn't it? Um, sort of weather wise. This has got sort of. This is the first sort of two teams meeting each other that are on the beach fixture, isn't it? 5 5 draw, anyone? <laughs> is that what you think? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Uh, I, I was going to say Brendan's Brendan Rodgers actually started pretty well for Leicester, hasn't he? Yeah, they got three straight. I remember they got that win against Burnley last time, playing with ten men for eighty-six plus minutes. Yeah, um, Wes Morgan was the player with the longest is it appearance when coming on to the substitute. pitch, yeah. substitute and scoring a goal. Yeah, that's I'm right. just I'm just reading something. Isn't they're going to be doing something at the game tomorrow? Yes, isn't... it would have been the former owners. Birthday, so they're giving Birthdays. a beer and cakes. Yeah, free beer, all water and cupcakes, which is a good idea. Yeah, that's lovely, isn't it, Jesse? Yeah. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, Brendan Rodgers has got 100% record versus Bournemouth, uh, same as he has versus Coventry, Fulham and Hamilton Academicals. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a stat. <laughs> that's a stat, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Bournemouth looking for back-to-back Premier League wins. Ah, do you know what? This has got sort of... Two all draw or something written all over it. I think high scoring draw. Yeah, I think so. Um, West Ham Everton. I think is going to be last time match of the day. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. You you're, you've been quite good at this. I think I'm sticking my neck out a bit with this. I think yeah, I should have gone back to um, Palace Huddersfield, shouldn't I? I was thinking Palace Huddersfield. <laughs> Uh, West Ham looking for their fourth win in six. All of a sudden, the Olympic Stadium is a bit of a fortress for them, isn't it, Jesse? Uh, yes. I don't know what to say when I agree with you. I don't know. I, I can't say yes and. Yes. Yes. Yes, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, West Ham have won their last three at home. Sorry, that's what I was going to say. Scott, would you like a quiz? And Jesse, would you like a quiz? No, yes. Scott does. To redeem, to redeem myself from being on my own last time, which I thought I did pretty well anyway. Oh, in the quiz, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, did you hear that, Jesse? You did beautifully, Alice, yeah. Uh, so your, your unusual effortistas are playing um, Greg and Tom in the final. I don't think I've been on with either Greg or Tom, have I? I, I don't think you have, but they certainly know their football knowledge, so you need to get your head into a, a, an encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah, you they, better get what, some some good ones on South worry. American football. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. uh, MLS. West West Ham won their last three at home. Uh, who has won MBEs in the past? <laughs> uh, West Ham won their last three at home. Um, they've not had four home wins in a row since 2002, when they were managed by Glenn Rhoda. Well done. Thank you very much. Did, that guess, what, or did you know that? No, I knew that because he he had that brain tumour didn't he during yeah, he did. I imagine during that season and Trevor Booking took charge for the last few games that's right he did didn't he yeah he did um, how do you think this one's going to go what do I win for getting that right by the way smugness there's no great uh, feeling in the world of smugness so make, make the use of it taking it good lad <laughs> I, got one, I think this is going to be 1-1 West Ham beat Everton at Goodison earlier in the season. That was their first win after four losses in a row. Oh, I could, okay. Yeah, I 
well, as you said, West Ham have been good at home recently, and Felipe Anderson has been hitting form and deservedly got a call up to the Brazil squad, yeah. but wasn't used. Well, Richarlison did start the other day. And Richarlison start. I can see West Ham doing the the double over Everton. Okay, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, both because of all of that, and also because of how Everton's been playing. Yeah, yeah. See how I it went, Jesse? Question mark then, rather than ask you a closed yeah. question. Yeah, and like... because then we get a cranky Adam. <laughs> yes, that's a very Stewie Griffin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, finally, then uh, Manchester United versus Watford. United really got two clean sheets at home in the Premier League this season, which is quite um, surprising. I thought it'd be a fair, for, fair few more than that. Uh, Jared Delafay has got uh, four goals. Sorry, has got four goals and two assists in his last six Premier League appearances. So. If anything is going to come for Watford, it's got to come through him. I can't see it, though. Can you? No. Didn't he score all of them in one game against uh, Cardiff? Oh, he did, didn't he? Yes. That but was the, the 5-1, wasn't it? The f- yeah, we recorded We were recording a podcast on that evening. That's right. We were, weren't we? It was a Friday and night. We're, and the, I think some of us were a bit shocked at that scoreline <laughs> when we saw it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Ollie's first game is um, permanent manager. I think yeah. the feel-good factor back at Manchester United. I think so. Yeah. Jesse, what do you reckon? Yeah, stop making me agree with both of you. It's very difficult for me. <laughs> Just say something as devil's advocate then. Um, oh, you know, I think beards just slow you down. Oh, that, uh, that that's probably just true. <laughs> the hardest <laughs> brief. That's true. Okay, uh, anyone got any AOB? Uh, I wanted to speak to Jesse about MLS and what is oh, happening no. with Atlanta. Okay. Um, they've not started best, have they, under DeBoer and his tactics, which has failed at two other clubs. And I just wonder, would it be a third anytime soon? Um, I think they lost Almiron, which was a big deal. Uh, but I also don't think recently, like MLS doesn't have the same track record of letting coaches go so quickly, both because we don't have, a, you know, a deep pot or a rotating three of like Pardew, Redknapp, you know, Allardyce to sort of, yeah, keep trading off from. Um, so I think... I think there two things. One, they started off so strong, and that's always a little hard. That's sort of like, you know, season after the Leicester season, that letdown. Um, but I think he's going to still have some wiggle room in time if he if he doesn't alienate the players. Mm. It sort of happened before with expansion teams. Yeah, and also um, Cincinnati has started pretty well in their first couple of games and yeah. uh, uh didn't uh, didn't it beat Seattle and they won two was it two nil last week? Yeah they tie they I don't think they've lost yet. Um no. but also like I think the fan base really I think what Atlanta and Cincinnati did really well that like Minnesota and even LA like didn't really do is build up that fan base and the fan excitement. So Atlanta still, or, and Orlando, like Atlanta still has its, 
it's fans. You know, they're they they're still coming to games. They're still cheering their their players on at the very least. So I think I think in the MLS, as long as you have that, because it's money. You know, like tickets really matter. Television sales don't really do anything much here. So I think they're going to be okay for a bit more. Cool. 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 Okay. Uh, right, guys, uh, before we log off, how do we follow you both on Twitter? How do we follow you, Scott? Uh, at Scott underscore Munro. Okay, Jesse? I think I follow Scott. Have you, you've checked, have you? I do. No, I haven't, but I'm, but I'm going to make sure um, because of my fiascos in the past. <laughs> 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 so, you know, going to double check that. Um, what was the question, Chris? What? How do people follow you on Twitter? Um, at Jesse Lowe. What about you, Chris? How do people follow you? You can follow me at chicken 77 uh, you can follow Man on the Post at Man on the Post um, on Instagram and on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook and give us a like on there and follow us. Uh, you can download us from Acast. You can download us from iTunes. If you hit your follow and subscribe buttons, they will automatically fall into your inbox. We are also available on Stitcher and Spotify too. Um, Jesse, how is Unusual Efforts looking? We are recording not tomorrow, tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday. Super. And have... Um... Uh, three articles coming out in the next two weeks. Oh, brilliant. Okay, can you give us a sneaky preview as to what they're about? I can. One is so funny. I I was trying to help Kirsten edit it, and I kept snorting and waking up. It's about um, male fans expressing their deep-dying love for Andre Gomez. It's to die for. Um one is about falling in love. Oh, Chris, you will love this one. It's about falling in love with Liverpool. Oh, there you go. I guess it's fine. <laughs> no, it's, it's so well written. It's really wonderful. And um, I am sending one <laughs> over to Kirsten in the next couple hours, shockingly, about um, how uh, journalists and reporters and commentators talk about Ronaldo. Oh, okay. Right. Keep <laughs> after that one. So that's at Unusual Efforts on Twitter, isn't it? Yes. Okay, yeah. so that will automatically fall into your inbox as well, should you subscribe and like the man on the post. Uh, hopefully there will be a podcast this Sunday with Ali, Chris, now he's got his internet issues sorted, and Dave to review the games that we previewed. Scott, is there a Euros podcast coming soon? Yeah, we're recording on Tuesday night. Brilliant. Okay, and don't forget you can catch up with our quiz from last week as well. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining me. No worries. Always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>